This is the Monocast, all about open source marketing automation with Montic. And here is your host, Hecky Gamble. Ho, ho, ho. Hey, everybody. It's that time of the year again. Uh, yeah, well, most of my colleagues are already, already busy with their Christmas trees. And so this is the first time ever solo episode for me. Um, yeah, so shout outs to Leon and to Thomas um, and have a good time. And I am having a good time here with the really last Mordcast episode in 2021. In our interview, I'm talking to Andy Town, who I met at Mordic Conference Europe this year. And we're discussing a little bit of the details of the talks that he gave at the conference. But first, like always, we have a ton of things on the list to talk about. And mainly, of course, Mordic 4.1, which is massive. Actually, we're at 4.1.1 already. But uh, in general, we received a ton of developer-facing improvements, such as uh, making it much easier to add custom fields to the email form, etc., etc. But even more importantly, I think, are the um, user-facing improvements. Like uh, one thing that I specifically love is conditional form fields. Uh, you can now build really powerful forms with Mordic. Let's say uh, you have a contact form or a generic form. And uh, the first question is, what is your inquiry about? Is it about a support request or... Uh, or um, sales inquiry or whatever and depending on the answer that you give there uh, the subsequent fields will change like like if it's a support request you know, then please give me the serial number blah 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 if it's a sales request then uh, what what country are you in or what have you so that's really really nifty and uh, yeah and also handy to you so so take a look at that other things um, are all around emails, like like you can also give or use tokens in the email recipient field or, or BCC and CC fields, uh, which um, yeah allows you to build really powerful internal uh, communications uh, in the sales team. So far, we had the send mail to contact owner feature to make sure not, uh, that, that a specific person is, is notified when things happen in a campaign, for instance. Now we can make that much more complex or much more granular, if you like. Uh, other things in the email context are, uh, you can now filter in segments for the email domain, which is powerful, like give me all the Gmail users or give me this or give me that. Um, yeah, other other things you, you can see the, the segment when you when you look at a contact uh, without drilling down three clicks um, so just like tags you can now see the tag the, the segments directly in the contact wow ain't that rocket science uh, yeah um, or you know, we finally can have custom CSS and in focus items also really really good and really really uh, missed in, in the in the past so, so well, all that in 4.1. And one thing that I specifically love is 
that we no longer have to track or create contacts from 404. So, so all the bots that hit our page and create a ton of basically spam contacts, uh, we can now hit a switch and say, uh, do not track the 404s. But, but you need to go there and hit that switch in, in the configuration and tracking. Um, it's not turned off by default because uh, we wanted to preserve the original behavior. Uh, so you need to go there and turn off the crap. And uh, yeah, I don't see a reason not to do that. So yeah, by all means, go there and disable the tracking of 404s. Yeah, many other things. You can find them all in the show no oh, no, no, in the release notes and in the blog post. And I will link both in the show notes, of course. One thing that is not in the 4.1 release that I was hoping for is the do not contact uh, for, uh, or rather the, the exclude from do not contact feature, um, which would allow to have transactional emails, for instance, um, even if a person is on do not contact. The current behavior is do not contact is, is, uh, very, is completely general. Um, and do not contact is do not contact. But what you really want is to say, okay, do not contact refers to marketing emails. So you do want to allow transactional emails. You do want to uh, do a resubscription or allow a resubscription, etc. Uh, so the feature is there. It's just, just not merged in 4.1, and I sure hope it's going to be there soon in the future. Oh, so what else? Um, one more thing that came along with 4.1 is Gitpod. And if, if you haven't heard of Gitpod, maybe you heard of the Mortybox. Uh, both are easy ways to test new features of Mordic. The features in, in GitHub are called PRs, pull requests. And in every such pull request, there is now automatically a little button to test this in Gitpod. And if you hit the button, a a new Mordic version is spinned up for you personally, uh, which includes the boilerplate uh, Mordic mainstream version plus this PR that you are about to test. And the, you can th then look at the behavior and verify that it's all well and give the feedback right in GitHub to make sure it's, it's ready for merge in the next version. So far, uh, this testing has been a huge bottleneck so um, this made, makes it even, even easier for everybody to test a, any PR. And uh, so even if you are not a developer, there's no excuse. Please go there, pick the PRs that you find relevant and test them and leave the feedback and allow us to uh, get even faster in merging features into the next Mordic version. And then, of course, there was Mordic Conference. In this case, it was Mordic Conference Europe located in Belgium and still in the times with low COVID and we really had no issues at all there. It was a fantastic experience. It brought back almost forgotten memories of how, how also awesome personal interaction can be. Uh, as a conference, we had the decision to make it user-centric, to have all the talks around using Mordic, not developing Mordic, to make sure it's high-quality talks. And, and I think the concept worked pretty well. Um, so we had absolute high-quality talks uh, and recordings should be online any day now. And then, so check out the recordings in, in YouTube. I think it's, it's fantastic stuff. 
Uh, day two was contribution day, so basically team sprints of uh, the four main teams that we have. Um, and uh, it was same thing there. It was high energy. It was really produ productive, and then people were really enthusiastic about getting back together finally. And um, yeah, little little teaser. Uh, we're gonna have a another team sprint on premise uh, in 2022. So uh, hold your breath. After the interview, we're gonna talk about that. So what do we have in in new features? Um, third-party features rather there is a new plugin from uh, the good folks at content optimizer uh, and it's I think their first time contribution to Mordic although they have been using Mordic quite a while and, and I, I want to welcome them explicitly and say hey it's appreciated and we want to see more of you This plugin is a double opt-in plugin and it's it's really good stuff. It makes it much easier to implement a quality double opt-in process uh, without having to uh, build complex campaigns, etc., or, or losing time or having other pitfalls. It's, it's uh, good stuff and it's on GitHub and the link is in the show notes. Then uh, there has been a Facebook custom audiences a plugin for a while but it has been outdated and now uh, the people at reach media in in hungary have uh, taken over that that code and uh, renovated it and uh, it should should be good now and if you're interested in facebook custom audiences there you go here's the link to that free plugin by attila naj and and tomas tot i guess And you can find more uh, of, of the same company, which are a really large company in Hungary, um, on the website, which I'm also linking to. Uh, namely, there's a, a plugin called the Segment Randomizer, which allows you to create yeah, random subsets of a certain seg segment. And we also have integration plugins like with Firebase or Slime Survey. So yeah, check that out. Uh, some of those plugins are paid plugins, but but really affordable and uh, certainly worth a look. Then another thing, there's been a discussion in the forums uh, with the title Mordic as Lead Distribution Platform. And Joey came up with the notion that in the past, there was a really powerful plugin called the Mordic, ah, I don't even know what it's called, Mordic Contact Client, I guess, yeah. Um, by Heath Dutton, and, but that was for Mordic 2 and ha it has been abandoned since. And uh, not only that, there's another sibling called the Mordic Contact Source plugin, which is basically the same as an inbound version. So one is outbound, one, one is inbound, both are basically contact interface with a powerful UI with no coding involved. And um, having looked at that I, i would think it was would be fantastic to have that back in in mordic 4 and if you're also interested maybe you should chime in in the forum thread that um that are in the show or that is in the show notes and so let's let's motivate heath to get back on this thing or let's find somebody else to take it over or whatever but it was would be a good thing to have that bad back in mordic Yeah, another feature that is already there, but but I noticed that that many people are not aware of this simple thing, is 
the customization of the contact list. Um, if you click on contacts in, in Mordic, there is this list with, with fixed columns and there is no button or anything to select the columns that you would like to see, which I think is a bit of frustrating for many people, except there is a way to, to select the columns in the configuration. In configuration, there's a tab called uh, contact list or something like that, and you can select from all the uh, contact properties available, which you want to see in the list. And obviously, when you have it in the list, you can even sort by it, etc. So um, I, I think that's it's underrated, and you should should be aware of it. Uh, the drawback is obviously it's a global configuration, so it's not per user. Normally, you would expect that everybody user can change that for himself or herself at any time. Um, that's going to be there in the future. For now, it's a global thing, but it's better than nothing. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up is once again the Grapes.js builder, specifically the email builder. Um, you know, I've I've talked about that before, and I complained about it before, and um, there's been issues left and right, and we're getting a little bit more more mature now. I mean, we as in Mordic, and but also we as an agency. Um, so we're using it. Um, and not only that, we're also beginning to see the real power behind it or, or beyond it. Um, so it's not just an email builder. It's also a platform for bringing really intelligent elements to it. For instance, what we just did is, is uh, create a uh, block element that fetches product data um, and uh, places teasers, little teasers in the email. Um, so in, in fetching the product data would go through, through a link that goes to a shop. And, and so just from the metadata, it can get the title, the image, the currency, the, the, the price, obviously, etc., and what have you, and uh, display that in an email very, very easily in a stylish way. And um, that's obviously only the beginning you can, can could take this further and say, and work based on 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 personal or, or you could personalize this like like a product recommendation uh, etc so put a lot of intelligence intelligence into the email and yeah that's i think it's uh, way more than than everybody else can do out there and it, so we could go Beyond, beyond the pack with, with Mordic, if we did more of this. The other thing is that we started contributing back to the underlying uh, repositories like Grape.js and, and MGML, uh, most by, by Artur Arsenyev, and um, fixing bugs or even contributing future, uh, features is an important way of open source, as we all know. And so we, as an, as a, as an agency, are now getting into the habit of doing that even for, for this outside properties to make sure everything is, is getting much better. The email builder is still not perfect, but I do think it is a huge thing. It's, it's the number one deal maker or, or deal breaker even in Mordic. So if a new, new uh, companies considers Mordic, uh, more often than not, they look at the email 
builder as is the number one thing um, and uh, sometimes they're not happy with it and walk away from from Mordic for exactly that reason so yeah bottom line let's let's all work together and make it perfect um, figure out or, or report the bugs solve the bugs add new features make it shiny and and um, yeah, give give uh, Mordic the best possible, ex or give, give Mordic users the best possible experience and a lot of happiness there, uh, and not not frustration or limitation. Uh, yeah, great chance. Then um, last but not least, um, I wanted to point to yet another video thing by by Joey, um, which is basically part one of a larger course uh, called called. The free course to kickstart you and Mordic. That number or the, that part one has now been published. Other parts are, are scheduled. Um, and the big news here is that Joey is now offering a little bit of a payment option. So far, you can be a, a member on his website and uh, have access to all the resources. He's now um, also offering a supporter option. Uh, which I'm not sure it gives you any extra, but it's 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 an option to say a little thank you to to Joey and if you like me appreciate all the contact the the, the content that comes from him, all the unique insights and the, the deep dives etc that he is uh, publishing all the time, then a little thank you should be more than appropriate. So we immediately became that supporter for just 19 bucks per month. And I think you should do the same. Go to joeykeller.com slash memberships and sign up for the supporter level uh, on a monthly basis. Okay, that's said. Let's now move on to the interview of this episode. And that's with Andy Town, who I met at Mordic Conference. And uh, we're talking about deeper things in using Mordic. Here we go. Yay, and there we go. Hello, Andy Town. Um, welcome to the show. Uh, glad to have you here. Yeah, glad to be here. It's uh, it's been really exciting the last couple of weeks since we were able to meet at at Modicon, and glad we were able to work out a time to do this. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm I'm excited about the topics in it that we're going to talk about. It's a little bit about uh, Modic Conference, which you just mentioned, but also about things in in Modic that you also mentioned at Modicon, but uh, maybe elaborate a little bit here. Um, before we do that, let's give people a little bit of a little bit of background about yourself. I mean, you are with Acquia, uh, but uh, I'm pretty sure you had a life prior to that. So uh, <laughs> give us a little background, please. Yeah, I, uh, I actually went to college um, to do sports broadcasting and wanted to do that full time as a career, mm. but. After working for a couple of baseball teams here in the U.S., um, kept hearing I needed to do sales, so I started to do sales for a few years, um, and then started actually as a, a salesperson for Modic, uh, Modic Inc., oh. selling the Modic Cloud Platform, which of course got acquired by Acquia, mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of how I got in, and I still do the sports stuff uh, for fun here and there, um, which is, it's good, and Things like this, the radio shows and podcasts, uh, have fun with those once in a while, too. So you switch from baseball to basketball, is that right? 
I do uh, basketball, and actually at Harvard, um, which is where I do most of my work, do things like basketball, hockey, water polo, field hockey, <laughs> uh, rugby. It really runs the gamut. Okay. Is there any uh, sports background on that? Like like you were enthusiastic, whatever, water, ho or water <laughs> hockey player in the past or so? No, they um, just the the broadcast setup there with all of their uh, games for pretty much all their sports. Uh, <laughs> yes, yep. Okay. So they just needed people to to do different games, and yeah. I, I learned it. Really cool. Um, so when you say you got got in touch with Modic Inc. originally, uh, what what year are we talking about? How long have you been around? Uh, it would have been 2017, hmm, okay. um, and it just started out with, uh, I don't even remember if it was a LinkedIn message or just the, the easy apply button on LinkedIn, but got a message back from Matt Johnston, the CEO mm -hmm. um, of the company at the time, and uh, things went well from there, and, yeah. and here I am today. Yeah, that's where the early days, maybe it was the facts even. <laughs> no. yeah but uh when you say here you are today uh tell us about your current role in a little bit yeah i'm a marketing cloud consultant at aquia so i focus on um, working with our largest customers for the aquia marketing cloud um, which does include our cdp product as well as uh, aquia campaign studio which is based on the Modic open source project. So mm -hmm. uh, while there are some differences between the two, it, at its core, they're the same product. Mm -hmm. um, so it's great to work with that. And uh, as a, a dumb sales guy a few years ago, I was able to pick things up and did a lot of my learning with Modic just by using it. Um, and now what I've learned over the last four years and change, um, being able to actually help enterprise level organizations um, as well as like small and medium-sized companies get the the value out of modic and campaign studio it's um it, it's really interesting what people can do with it and how quickly they can learn it okay so when you say uh consultant etc that's not just corporate lingo for sales person <laughs> it, it, you're <laughs> actually doing projects with people right Correct. It's all about implementation. I don't have to worry about selling anything. I am just uh, helping people use our products. Okay, I love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At uh, Morty Conference, you uh, gave a talk that I can, by the way, really recommend to people to watch, watch on YouTube once it's published. Um, which, what was the name? Something crawl, from Crawl to, I don't remember. Uh, I don't actually remember the, the title <laughs> of it officially, yeah, but it's a really funny um, title. But yeah, the the idea of it was advancing from uh, newsletters to full marketing automation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, if if you listeners watch that talk, you will see that it has a very interesting perspective on on this pr process, but it also contains a little little gems left and right and so I asked Andy to talk about those gems and, and le less known features and underutilized things etc a bit more in detail here in the show so um, what do we want to talk, uh, talk about first um, why don't we start a little bit more with um, with like the personalization because I think that's it's a lot of what 
people want to do with marketing automation. Um, and, and Modic really does have a lot of tools that you can use for personalization that, um, just get overlooked or, uh, aren't really well known. Uh, but they're pretty simple to set up. And, um, if you can come up with some sort of even a, a very basic strategy around it, they can be really, really powerful to help marketing organizations, um, both collect first party data, which is really important these days, and then use that to personalize the experience and, uh, of course, end up in uh, making more sales. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So what specifically do you have in mind? Uh, so dynamic web content, I think in particular, is one area that people know about dynamic web content by itself, but there's a couple little things like uh, using tokens on landing pages um, or using focus items in different ways that dynamic content can be even more powerful than just, say, changing a header image on a page or changing a paragraph of text somewhere um, on your website or on a landing page. So... Um, on a, a landing page, normally you're not able to use a token and say anything like hello, first name, or here's the benefits that this product can provide to this company, or you know, use any of that information that you have collected about a person or their company. But if you just create the same content that you normally would use on the landing page, just put that into a dynamic content slot put that slot on the landing page and you can use any of those tokens. So it's a little bit of a workaround, but um, it, it gets you that end result that you're probably looking for to really personalize that without going crazy with like different pieces of content for, uh, for different people mm. or, or different uh, personas. Oh, got it. Okay. And of course, when you say landing page, that does not have to be a modic landing page. It could be anything like WordPress or Drupal what have you, yep. right? Yeah. Any CMS that you use. Um, and I think a lot of people do think, particularly with Campaign Studio, like it works well with Drupal, but I started, or some might say grew up using it with WordPress because I could download a, a WordPress site for free or you know get it hosted on their, their site for free. Um, and I set up the connector, and that's really what I started to get to know and did a lot of testing and playing around with Modic with WordPress. But um, it, it really doesn't matter what CMS you're using, yeah. um, dynamic content, tracking, anything, you know, forms, anything that you would want to do between Modic and your website, doesn't matter what you're using. Uh -huh. Okay. And um, so in that example, what, what role do focus items play? So with focus items, um, there's a, a few different things that you can do. So uh, one, we see a lot of like cookie acceptance. That's really important with GDPR. Um, opting into newsletters, things like that. Like if you have your little pop-up that comes, whether it's a, the bar at the top or the bottom, a modal, um, the little corner pop-up, whatever type of focus item you would want to use for a newsletter sign up or something pretty simple like that you don't want to ask somebody to sign up for your newsletter if they've already signed up so you can do something as basic as if somebody's email address is already known don't show the focus item is all at all uh, but if you don't have somebody's email address if it's an anonymous visitor on your site 
you can have that uh, one simple form on your focus item, ask for the email address, um, and then once that form is submitted, don't show that focus item anymore um, unless they come back in, say, a different browser or a different device where they're not tracked, which there, there's not a whole lot you can do about then. Okay, so so instead of putting a lot of logic into campaigns and, and uh, trigger the focus item from there, you can place the same thing or, or some sort of logic in, in the dynamic web content and then trigger the focus item from that. Is that right? Yeah, your dynamic content filter would really just be yeah. email address is empty. Oh. Um, and then if you get to the, uh, or if somebody gets to your page, um, again, landing page or website where that slot exists, if you don't have their email address or they're not previously tracked, mm -hmm. that focus item will appear. Okay. Um, it can also work if you want to collect different information about somebody like, you know, they work for one type of company. You can get a little bit more information about that specific company or, um, you know, probably a, a good example that I might recommend to Acquia to use is, you know, we, we work a lot with developers and with marketers. So if we find out that somebody is a marketer, we could ask one set of questions um, using a form whether it's directly in dynamic content or on a focus item, um, any way we would do that. Mm. Um, whereas if it's a developer or a technical person, we would have completely different questions about what's important to them and and uh, how Campaign Studio or any of Acquia's other products might benefit them. Yeah, that's basically the regular targeting based on, on DWC. And right. uh, yeah, combining that with focus items is something I didn't think of, frankly. That's cool. Uh, speaking yeah, of focus items, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say one other thing is like if you have a question or two that you put on a form um, or show only a question or two at a time using progressive profiling, you can pick up little bits of information about somebody um, without asking for their email address. So in some cases, People just don't want to give their email addresses the first thing they do when they get to a website, but they they might be more likely to just answer one question. A again, using the Acquia example, if we just had one question, are you a marketer or a developer? Somebody might answer that pretty uh, pretty quickly. They, mm. They're not giving away a whole lot of information. And then right away, we could start to personalize the web experience with content that is more relevant to marketers versus developers, depending mm. on that answer. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting, because the, the, there's also this, this opposite approach in saying, okay, let's get to the lead as uh, quickly as possible and, and uh, um, uh, with, with as little barrier as possible to have some, some sort of motivation to enter the email address and then maybe confirm to some opt-in, but but don't ask anything else at that point and, and rather ask things after the fact. But I think th this strategy of um, not asking for the email straight away, I mean, except if it's a real landing page and call to action, et cetera, but yeah, mm -hmm. interesting approach. It's really... Oh. Yeah, it could help build a little bit of trust with people that uh, that yeah. might be a little bit hesitant to give away their email address. Yeah, I think I think this probably appro applies more to a a general web page, 
as opposed to a very to the point uh, landing page with call to action and everything, which is specifically made for this conversion. But maybe even in this concept, it's, it's interesting. I haven't thought about that. So yeah, we did talk about this, this concept of building trust and, and not getting to the point directly in, in a different talk in, in, at Morty Conference in, 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 in a drip campaign. Uh, but this is really the same thing here. Cool. Um, yeah, getting back, back to this little question about focus items, ju just a side question, maybe you can answer that. Um, focus items have those types that you mentioned, so like the slide-in or the modal or the bar. And um, now on, on the mobile, it is pretty much required that we don't do modal, modals, we don't do anything else except bars. So that's what you want to do on mobile. Um, what's your favorite way, way to make that distinction? Is it also um, dynamic content or, or any other ways that you have? Yeah, it's, it's not actually something that I've done before or seen our customers do, but um, in theory, you would be able to use dynamic content and just use the device type filter um, and say device type is, say, desktop, and in that case, show the, the modal or um, mm. you know, whichever style you'd want. But then if it's a mobile device or, say, a smartphone, a tablet or a phablet, uh, there's a few other options in there that you could use um, to show just yeah. the bar or whatever yeah. other style you'd want to use. Hmm. Very cool. I have to admit that we do a lot of um, campaign-based focus items, and we, there's not an option there, obviously. So mm -hmm. we work around with, with uh, JavaScript statements, etc., to make sure we have the, uh, the, uh, the bar on mobile and whatever else we want on, on desktop. Um, but that's pretty nifty. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to test it myself, but uh, in theory, that, that should yeah, do the trick. It should, it should. Oh, cool. Uh, so, what what else? We we are still in the area of personalization. I, kn I know you did talk about uh, translation feature a bit. Yeah, translations, um, particularly for uh, for anybody in Europe or um, who has a, a multi geographical or multi regional uh, marketing effort. Using translations can be a, a pretty easy and powerful way to reach people in their native languages. So um, say you have, uh, I'll use just a European example, your headquarters is in the UK and you want to send something in English, but a lot of your target market is, say, in France, and they really only want to read content that is in French. You can just use a... a a translation of either an email or a landing page and say, here's the French version. Um, when somebody is in a, either in a campaign or receiving something um, as a segment email um, or just visiting a page, if you know that their preferred language is French, um, of course they have to be tracked. And uh, if you get, if you've got multi uh, language options on your website, passing that preferred locale information back into your modic instance. Mm -hmm. um, that's how you would be able to say, show this content to this person in French or whatever other language 
you would um, use a translation of, but it's that preferred locale field that if that's populated with a language that you've created content for, um, you'd automatically be displaying that content to that person when it gets sent out or when they visit the mm. page. And that applies even to, I mean, I, I know that's a case for uh, campaign emails, but I'm, I wouldn't have been sure about segment emails. Uh, segment emails, yep, it applies to that. And actually, because I was looking at the dynamic content a few minutes ago, I, I just noticed that it works on dynamic content too. So we have the, the translation option yeah. there. Yeah. And getting back to uh, the preferred locale for a second, um, I think that's not so tricky after all because um, Mordic will find out the preferred language from any, for any website visitor from, from the browser language. So in that case, it is populated as far as I know. Um, and that there are situations where it can be overruled by, for instance, a form or maybe even the, the language chosen in the website and, and transferred back to Mordic. But, but in general, we should have a pretty, pretty good understanding of the preferred language of the user. And then sending the message in the right language is something that is a smart idea. But in reality, I have to say, I, I rarely see it. Typically, everybody works with segments, etc., uh, with some sort of static um, setup for or a static assignment of the language. But yeah, either that or uh, like campaign conditions. I've seen too, which. Um, can get pretty unwieldy if you have a lot of languages that you're working with. But if you only have two, um, I know we've had a, a customer that used English and Dutch, and you can just use either different campaigns and segments or just a, a condition to say, mm. um, is the preferred locale um, English versus Dutch or whatever mm. other language. But um, yeah, the, the translations feature makes that even easier. You just have to create the email and then skip yeah. all the extra segments and uh, and campaign steps. Yeah, and it really works. It, that's beauty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I feel like we're getting a little bit technical here for a, an audio podcast. <laughs> it's a, maybe <laughs> hard to follow for people. Is there anything else like, like our underutilized things that you want to bring up? I think those are the, the main ones that I, I would really love to see people use more um, mm -hmm. and I think really great stories that you can tell and, and um, marketers can get a whole lot of information and use use just those little tiny things um, that are, are really easy to set up I mean you hear a lot with any marketing automation tool it can even include Modic like there's a lot there and it's just really hard to use all of it and get the full value and mm. I, I don't I mean, to an extent, I agree with that. Like, it does take a lot of work to get a, a ton of um, extra value and use every little detail of every piece of Modic, but not everything is important to every business. It's just open enough and flexible enough that uh, there's plenty of options available for marketers to get plenty of value um, and for developers, of course, to, to play around and get really flexible and uh, and creative with Modic. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate that it, it really, it can be seen that you have a lot of real life experience and you, you really care about the actual tasks of the marketer, not, not so much the developer perspective, etc. 
it's it's a refreshing <laughs> perspective and uh i think we should have much much more of that um let's switch gears a little bit and, and uh talk about more conference more it's been like wow what's it two and a half weeks now it feels like like ages be before because <laughs> that was the days when when people at least here in europe were still uh, meeting in person without feeling bad about it <laughs> uh, we're all going back to our own rooms okay um <laughs> but but beside that from a distance what 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 uh, is your first thought or what, what stuck most, except the beer, of course? Well, I mean, in Belgium, the beer, I guess second would be the chocolate. But uh, <laughs> but beyond that, the actual content of the conference, I mean, it, was, it was great to meet a whole lot of people and be in a room with a whole lot of people that um, have pretty deep knowledges of Modic, but also people that were there to learn. Um, there were a, a pretty good handful of people there that re really weren't familiar with Modic. And um, it, from conversations with them during and after the conference, really were able to, to learn a lot, pick up a lot of ideas that they can take back into their own marketing and uh, become some of those stories that we talked about and um, not be afraid of everything that Modic can do, you know, go from sending some pretty basic newsletters and, and start to do a little bit more. Um, so the, the knowledge that was in the room and the, the passion for marketing and, and doing different things and the creativity um, was really great to see um, when you get people that, that know and are passionate about the same thing. It just gets ideas flowing and um, to have that even with only a, a little bit of planning time, I think the, the team that put the Modicon together did a, a great job given the circumstances there and And having that group together was great to just meet people from primarily uh, Europe, but all over the world as well. Yeah, maybe just to step back a little bit for everybody who is not fully aware of it. This was Mautic Conference Europe. So we, we're not doing global in-person conferences. We're doing the online thing that is really inclusive for everybody. But the in-person things are always per continent. And this year it was Europe. Short notice, I have to admit. Um, and uh, I would also agree that that the conversation, the networking, was really impressive, uh, even compared to to uh, on-premise conferences that we had uh, in, in in previous years. Obviously, it's a completely different animal compared to online, and it's super refreshing and very very exciting to be back. In, in person and talk to people in, in reality and see the body language and everything. But but it worked exceptionally well at this conference. I think it, it just was a really good rhythm uh, between the talks, like like talk and a little bit of pause and, and a lot of energy and the people willing to chat, etc. It, it worked very well with, with this personal factor and, and, and conversational thing, etc. Do you think that this focus on, on using Mordic was a good idea? Did that work well for you? I mean, frequently we see heavy, heavy focus on, on developers and coding, etc. And th in this case, we said, uh, let's make this a user's conference. Would you repeat that next time? Um, I, I don't think for every time, because I think it is important to 
have some focus on the developers and, and what developers can really do or how to optimize uh, databases and things like that. For me personally, yes, the, the marketer side and how to actually use Modic and all the features and everything, that was my wheelhouse. I don't know anything about the technology side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can just uh, <laughs> kind of help people actually use it and um, and do their marketing without worrying too much about the technology. We've got people that, that do that. I know in a lot of companies, the marketers and the people that set up Modic and, and maintain it, those are very different people. So I think it, it is important to have a balance. And um, in some years with uh, with more planning, might be able to have two different tracks where people can choose which sessions to go to. And probably a couple of those sessions would be great to have a a little bit of both in there. Like how can one piece of development or how can what a developer does directly impact what the marketer does? Yeah. Uh and um yeah i think one of the topics of conversation was always ideas for improvements from from more beautiful lighting to uh, what have you um but is there anything you would change in general um i i think the only thing would be (laughs) more advanced planning but that was really a a matter of circumstance for this year so i even in the conference, there was talk about sessions that are going to be coming up, and I know that there are people already working on the next uh, in-person and remote conferences. So mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the more different ideas, the more different sessions that uh, that can get out there, I think will make the conferences even more powerful and uh, and draw even more people to attend them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the next... Uh, global conference online is already scheduled. I think it's oh, oh my gosh. Uh, we, we, we'll we'll have it in the show notes, but I th- it, it is in in May anyway. And the the next in person conference is in November uh, twenty twenty two, but we don't have a uh, location yet. There's going to be call for suggestions where people can pitch their own continent and uh, help us figure out where to go next year. Um, I know you also attended the community sprint day on Tuesday. So the day after the actual conference, we had a, an extra day for everybody who wanted to stay where the Mordic teams met and uh, got a lot of things done. And also ha- had a lot of people attending for the first time, either online or offline. Uh, this was also your first one, right? It was. It was the... Uh the first real interaction with the community that I'd had other than uh, back in my sales days, just kind of keeping an eye on who might benefit from paying us to do the, uh, mm. <laughs> the use the <laughs> modic cloud. Mm. Um, but <laughs> no, it was, it was great to actually work on improving the community because I think there's a lot of, uh, a, a lot of energy and a lot of uh, intelligence out there that, is good not only for marketing use cases, but people who actually build the features and and can write the code for that. And mm. um, I, I know that's kind of how Modic started is with the the technology folks. Um, but getting that the bridge and getting developers and marketers together um, is a great environment to be in. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's one thing that that we got a ton of things done on that day, which normally in in online <laughs> back and forth would have taken ages. But the other mm -hmm. thing was indeed that that everybody went home really energized and with a feeling like like wow this was so cool I'm so motivated, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So that's going to be more of this. I think in April is, is when the next in-person sprint is going to be, and I can just recommend that highly to everybody to join that sort of sprint, even if you have not been uh, an active con contributor or active member of the community so far. It's an amazing way to meet people, to get 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 to know people personally, uh, learn a lot, and and uh, bring a lot of motivation with you, and so on. And so I I, I, I can't speak highly enough of <laughs> that. You may notice. Yeah, and even though I uh, spent most of the day with the marketing team working on the the upcoming pitch deck for Modic, mm. one of the things that I was most excited about coming out of that community day was the the Gitpod integration for testing. Mm -hmm. um, the, the technical teams, and I'll give Dennis a lot of credit on that because I think he did a lot of work on it, but um, certainly wasn't the only one. So, and, and that was a work that had been in progress for a while, but really opening up the door for, for more people and particularly the marketers to test features and make sure that they work as the marketer wants them to work. Because me personally, like I don't have my own modic open source installation. I just use the, uh, the Acquia campaign studio. Um, I have my cloud instance, our DevOps team takes care of all the installation and optimization. And that's how it is for a lot of marketers. So it's, been hard for developers to rely on marketers to have a test instance available mm -hmm. and actually say, yep, this works or nope, we want to make some changes. Uh, doing something a little bit different would make my job a little bit easier. So that uh, I think will make it a lot easier for people to get involved with the testing and hopefully move things along faster in releases. Yeah, yeah. For people who haven't heard of it, Gitpod is something like the replacement of, of the Mortibox, the, the test environment uh, for testing changes in development. Um, I think we will have that as a topic in the podcast as well in the future. And in general, this room full of developers, the, 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 the product team was in a separate room from, from everybody else, I have to say. But to see that room full of developers uh, really full day full speed that was cool i'm, I'm still excited <laughs> okay uh, okay I, I need to, i think we need to wrap this up we've been talking a lot we could t talk a lot more oh, i always feel like i've shortcut things but then again it's <laughs> such a lot of things to talk about we need to do, do this again for now do you have any famous last words any any message to modic folks out there um, I'll just say that uh, particularly being at the Moda conference was uh, was really energizing. I know I, I mentioned earlier I haven't had a whole lot of direct interaction with the community before, but um, really excited about some of the things that are coming up and um, the the future over the next few years uh, of what what's happening with Modic. So hopefully I'll get to meet more people um, at future Moda conferences, whether it's online or in person events. Hmm. Yeah. By all means. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Andy. 
Um, for people who want to stalk you online, where would they find you? Uh, LinkedIn is probably the best place. It's uh, LinkedIn.com slash in slash Andy Town. Oh, that's easy. And we so put it easy first, last is, name. Yeah, Town is not as easy. Town was an E. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, the old, uh, old English version or Scottish. Oh, yeah, I was guessing. So, no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll put that in the show notes for everybody to click on. And uh, I thank you so much for all those insights today. And I'm looking forward to talk to you soon. Same. Thank you as well, Aki. Cheers, Andy. Take care. And there we go. Okay, a little bit of follow-up. Uh, the first sprint is actually scheduled now for the first week in May, or rather for beginning of first week in May. Location uh, yet to be defined. But we do have the, the dates scheduled. If you're interested, interested in attending, uh, do drop me a line. Or even if you're interested in hosting the sprint, maybe, or sponsoring the sprint, also appreciate it. Um, yeah, touch base with me. Um, the sprint is not yet officially announced, but the, the earlier you get things or sorted out, the better it is. Yeah, so yeah, get in touch on Slack or wherever. Thank you very much. Then we had a survey, of course. We did talk about this on the Modicast, and Ruth presented the results on the Modic conference, uh, at the Modic conference, rather. Um, and I, I found some to be really surprising. Obviously, this is a little bit of foundation for decisions that we as a Modic community all have to make. So is this an important feature? Can we drop this feature because nobody's using this? Is there high demand for this or that? Um, yeah, the link is in the show notes and uh, have a look yourself. And uh, I, I think it's it's more interesting actually than, than I expected. So yeah, take a look yourself. Uh, another thing at the Mordicon was the Mordic pitch deck. It was a topic in the marketing team sprint on the day two. And the pitch deck is there to help Mordic service providers uh, to present Mordic properly to their clients or, or pro uh, prospective clients. Um, and if you are in the same position, maybe you already have some marketing material or some, some case studies or whatever, uh, please also go to the link that, are, that is in the show note and um, a look at the existing notes from the sprint. Uh, B, contribute whatever you have to, to add to that document or get in touch with uh, with, with uh, Toby or with Ruiz or whoever from the marketing team and give them your input and it's appreciated like always. Then another shout out goes out to Spain, to Juan Serra and to Julio Roldos. Uh, who now have a Spanish Mordic podcast. Hooray! Uh, it's called Un Café con Mordic. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea whether the pronunciation is right. right. Uh, it's actually available on YouTube, so you can watch the two in their conversation. And they have a rapid flow of, of smaller episodes on, on certain topics, so it's just worth a look if you're good in Spanish or if you're uh, maybe if you want to polish up your Spanish and, and Mordic uh, skills at the same time, you will find the link. Uh, yeah, like like always, you know where to find it, don't you? 
Um, then one last thing about Mordic Conference. We are obviously facing the next ones. We have a global uh, online event in Q2 and, and then in November probably we'll have the real life event. So two more multi-conferences coming down the line and we need help. We need help. Um, so what we did is we wrote down the roles, the things that have to be done in the organization and um, we're now looking for many more people to pick up smaller roles and um, this call for volunteers there's a blog post about it i'm going to link to the blog post and there's also a deep um, description of the various roles and so no matter if you are a designer uh, editor user developer <laughs> um, you name it translator uh, we need all sort of skills and uh, nothing n nothing specific. We need all sorts of skills. So check it out uh, and uh, support the Morty Conference by helping out or if you like by sponsoring, etc. Yeah, and uh, talking about helping out, there's another thing um, that we start doing as the Mordic project. We are also helping out other open source projects and uh, namely those who we are using within Mordic. Because Mordic is not, not built from scratch, but obviously it's building upon low level um, projects. And uh, I think giving back to them is a really good thing. It's, it's not hugely widespread so far in the open source world, but we think we want to show our appreciation and maybe start something there. And um, so we want you to decide who we should uh, donate to. Basically, we're talking about 200 bucks that we want to give to others just as a sign of appreciation. And uh, yeah, times 10. And um, if you click on the link in the show notes, there is a list of uh, projects, of potential projects, and we want to pick 10, which we want to say a little thank you in 2022. So go there, make your choices, please. And um, yeah, speaking of giving back, uh, obviously giving is much better than taking. Uh, if you want to donate for Mordic, um, if you feel uh, this is a season, <laughs> uh, yeah, by all, me by all means, please do that. Here's a link, opencollective.com slash Mordic slash donate. And the Mordic project really, really needs that money to allow sprints to happen, to allow all the technical infrastructure to be maintained, etc. Um, and also some, some of the money even goes into code, although the majority of it is, of course, a contribution. Um, yeah, so yeah. Maybe it's a good idea for Christmas. Maybe it's a good idea for, for the new year to come and become a continuous uh, donator, donor, donor, um, on GitHub or on Open Collective. So yeah, please, please do that. And a huge thank you to everybody who already does. Some, some are private persons, some are agencies, uh, some are use or using companies, some are professional services. Um, yeah, thanks to all of you and also thanks to everybody else involved in the Mordic project and everybody else who's making Mordic great in the past and in the future. And I'm looking forward to the future. I am wishing you a wonderful uh, holiday season and a 
peaceful and healthy 2020. And uh, I'm going to talk to you next year. Until then, take care. Bye-bye.